Good morning, I'm James Hellman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Friday, February 23rd. In today's news, Missouri's governor has been indicted on felony charges over allegedly blackmailing his mistress. Bob Mueller's team files a new 32-count indictment against Paul Manafort and Rick Gates, and ICE changes its mission statement. Apparently, the United States is no longer a nation of immigrants. But first, the big idea. President Trump's push to arm teachers gives the NRA exactly what it wants and highlights how much the debate has changed. In the wake of the 2012 Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting in Newtown, Connecticut, the head of the National Rifle Association, Wayne LaPierre, called for arming more teachers. At the time, it was treated as a fringe idea and widely dismissed by educators and most leading Republicans. But now, the person pushing the idea is the president. After signaling earlier in the week that he was serious about doing something on guns in the wake of last week's massacre at a Florida high school, Trump's promises to take meaningful action look increasingly hollow. Top Democrats on Capitol Hill have grown more pessimistic over the past 24 hours that Trump's talk is just that, talk, a ruse to delay and deflect. They think he doesn't want to look callous by opposing action, but they now fully expect he'll either drag his feet until the public moves on, insist on adding poison pills into any legislative fix, and or that he will water down any bill so much that it has no meaningful impact. The president has fallen back in line with the NRA after speaking with leaders of the group multiple times in recent days, including its chief lobbyist. The NRA spent more than 30 million bucks to help elect Trump in 2016, and he has promised to deliver for them. Not only did he praise the top two executives at the group by name as patriots who love this country, Trump also echoed their exact talking points during a White House meeting. LaPierre gave a speech earlier in the day Thursday at the Conservative Political Action Conference, and Trump repeated almost exactly what he had said in the afternoon. Here's LaPierre first. We surround and protect so much with armed security while we drop our kids off at school that are so-called gun-free zones that are wide open targets for any crazy madman bent on evil to come there first. And here's Trump just a little while later. A gun-free zone to a killer or somebody that wants to be a killer, that's like going in for the ice cream. That's like, here I am, take me. We have to get smart on gun-free zones. Now, this is a shift from the position that the NRA staked out after the shooting at Columbine High School in Colorado in 1999. Back then, Trump supported an assault weapons ban, and LaPierre said, quote, we believe in absolutely gun-free, totally safe schools. That means no guns in America's schools, period, with rare exceptions. It shows how much the debate has shifted that what they're talking about now, which Trump said would be arming one in five school teachers, is considered a mainstream idea that's under serious consideration. While Trump was embracing arming teachers as a panacea, new details emerged about why the armed sheriff's deputy in Florida didn't do anything to stop the killer. Broward County Sheriff Scott Israel said he suspended school resource officer Scott Peterson on Thursday after watching a video that showed him standing around outside the school building when the shooter was inside and attacking. He said Peterson was armed, in uniform, and should have gone into the building during the six-minute event. 
Peterson, who had been a school resource officer since 2009, resigned after being suspended. When asked what he is seen doing in the video, the sheriff replied with one word, nothing. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, Missouri Governor Eric Greitens was indicted on a charge of felony invasion of privacy Thursday afternoon. The Republican allegedly threatened to blackmail a woman with whom he had an affair in 2015 by distributing a nude photo that he took of her. He has acknowledged having the affair with his hairstylist at his home while his wife wasn't there, but he denies the blackmail allegations. This is a guy who had incredibly big, grand presidential ambitions until the scandal broke last month. He was seen as a rising Republican star. He calls the indictment a, quote, disappointing and misguided political decision. Number two, special counsel Bob Mueller's team has filed a new 32-count indictment against Paul Manafort and Rick Gates. Mueller accuses the men of lying on their income tax returns and conspiring to commit bank fraud to get loans. Their alleged multi-year scheme continued even as Manafort ascended to run the Trump presidential campaign and as the FBI started breathing down their necks. The indictments offer a fresh portrait into Manafort's and Gates' effort to use their income from working for a Ukrainian political party, which was closely tied to Vladimir Putin and the Kremlin, to buy properties and support a lavish lifestyle. These additional charges significantly escalate pressure on Manafort and Gates to cooperate in the probe and potentially flip against Trump. If the two are convicted, they could face de facto life prison sentences. The new indictment also suggests that Gates didn't actually reach a plea deal last week, as other media outlets reported. Number three, the Trump administration's stance on legal and illegal immigration is becoming more and more aggressive. On Thursday, the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services Director announced in an email to staff that the agency is removing the phrase, a nation of immigrants, from its mission statement. Yeah, these are the people who were responsible for granting citizenship to future Americans. The email said the mission statement would also drop the word customers in reference to immigrants because, quote, we can't forget that we serve the American people. Meanwhile, Trump publicly floated the idea of removing federal immigration officials from California. He expressed frustration with the state's, quote, lousy management job in cracking down on illegal immigration. He said that if he pulled all the ICE agents out of California, quote, they would be begging. And you know what? I'm thinking about doing it. He also said they would have a crime mess like you've never seen if he left the state to its own devices. Imagine a president threatening the largest state in the country with not enforcing the law. California's Democratic Governor Jerry Brown responded with a statement saying, quote, in California, we protect all of our people from criminals and gangs, as well as dangerous assault weapons. We do our job, Mr. President. You do yours. And that's The Daily 202 for Friday, February 23rd. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you on Monday. If you're looking for another podcast to check out, try Edge of Fame from WBUR and The Washington Post. National arts reporter Jeff Edgers paints intimate, surprising audio portraits of actors, musicians, and comedians, from beloved performers you think you already know to up-and-comers bursting onto the scene. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.